Hi everyone, today I've got a fun little video. The old aphorism that generals are always fighting the last war, I think that applies to finance too because each crisis typically comes from an area that is previously not well understood. So I'm going to touch briefly on events that make this point and also tell you where I would guess the next crisis is going to come from. First, please subscribe. You can always unsubscribe later, even later in this video. We're not going to have a smooth economic future, and the only way to get notified when I post a new video is to be a subscriber. So don't be the last one to understand what's going on. I'm Ken Bauso. I'm a CFA charter holder. I spent my career on Wall Street and in the financial markets, and I do this podcast to talk about finance and economics in a way that can be understood by everyone, even if you're not a financial professional. We can criticize this behavior of always fighting the last war, but it makes sense because it would be embarrassing for policymakers to be making the same mistakes over and over again. So we th if we look at things like the Great Depression in 1929, the Fed had been created in 1913. They were too loose during the 20s. That created the roaring 20s. They tightened, and then the financial markets went bust. The economy got crushed. The Federal Reserve did not respond. Ben Bernanke, who was a uh, deep student of the Great Depression said in 2002, quote, regarding the Great Depression, we did it, we're very sorry, we won't do it again, end quote. In 1987, to choose another event, the market crash was widely attributed to be uh, a, a, one of the major contributors was portfolio insurance, which, which are basically form of put options, which were not widely used before that. In 2008, we had mortgage credit proliferation, which was on a much wider scale, I think, than was understood. Shadow banking system had grown quite significantly. There was big leverage in the financial system. Okay, fine. So what's next? Okay, so it has to be big and important and also something we don't understand well. And if I had to bet, I would say it's the Chinese financial system, and I'll tell you why. And this is purely just an exercise in speculation. I'm not predicting any of these things will happen, but I'm just I'm trying to find the vulnerabilities. Chinese financial system is extremely opaque. First of all, speaking about the economy in general, China lies about all its numbers. This is well known and accepted. Everyone from mainstream economists to insane conspiracy theory people understands that the economic numbers are fake. So this makes it particularly hard to be on the outside and looking in and analyzing exactly what's happening. Next, regarding why China is so opaque, is that the banking system, it's, it's really, to me, would be an open question. Are they reserved for bad loans? If not, how much capital would they need to be adequately capitalized? To be honest, even if I'm looking at the balance sheet of Bank, America, Bank of America right now, I don't totally trust I'm getting an accurate picture of their financial position and vulnerabilities, and I certainly don't trust the presentation from a Chinese bank. Next on the list of opaque China-related issues is the currency peg. Last week, we saw the earth shake when China devalued by 1.5%. We can only hazard a guess at the exact reserves that the People's Bank of China, the PBOC, has, the amount of reserves that they want, the amount of reserves that they need, and how and when the decision to devalue will be made, if it is ever made. And as a side note, the Asian crisis in 1997 started with the devaluation of the Thai bot. And so presumably it may not have seemed like such a major event at the time, but it caused major instability in the region 
and led to Greenspan cutting rates. This was in 1997. So that fueled an already hot tech bubble that really caused our financial markets to really take off on the upside. And as a reminder, I would also say that India, New Zealand, and Thailand all cut rates last week. So as an open question, what happens to financial markets if China breaks the peg under duress in, in a way that's much more significant? Adding to the list of opaque Chinese issues that will be difficult to figure out and analyze is the Hong Kong currency peg. Currently ongoing unrest in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. Kyle Bass proposes a compelling scenario to me, which I will dramatically paraphrase, where the Hong Kong peg almost certainly comes under pressure at some point because the Hong Kong Monetary Authority runs low on reserves or runs out of reserves because it's pegged to the US dollar and its economy and America's economy are mismatched. And then real estate prices being so sky high there, perhaps the political unrest and concern about the peg coming under pressure causes people to sell their real estate and get their Hong Kong dollars out. And this could depress the real estate market. And since the banks are exposed to real estate, this could contribute to a financial crisis. Alternatively, a different Hong Kong dollar scenario is the position where it tries to defend the value, it defend the Hong Kong dollar peg, in which case it needs to increase interest rates. And of course, mortgages are tied to short-term HIBOR, Hong Kong interbank offer rate, basically tied to interest rates. So they would have to weigh doing damage to the real estate sector there. Also, I want to surely give Kyle Bass credit on that also. There's a very large Chinese shadow banking system, entities that are not banks that sell complex credit products that are outside the banking system. And so I'll link to an article here. The article is from Bloomberg and it's titled, for, for China, kicking a $9 trillion habit is tough work. Subtitle is, shadow banking activities picking up, a sign the economy remains over-reliant on this opaque funding channel despite Beijing's efforts. So what? So what does all this have to do with us? We're just guessing about the scenarios, but if China has major losses in its banking system or shadow banking system, and the government bails them out, it'll cost them hundreds of billions or trillions of dollars. That money will likely come from the reserves that the People's Bank of China has, which is currently using to maintain the currency peg. So we don't know for sure what the real reserve number is because the People's Bank of China might have dollars that they're selling forward, so it looks like they still have their dollars, even they've contracted to sell them in order to look strong. But like I said before, if they devalue by, let's say, 20%, then, then what happens? That's, that's an open question. And think about how difficult it will be for us sitting here trying to analyze a Chinese banking crisis. Let's say there is a banking crisis. Some very basic questions. How big is the capital hole? That's tough to know or estimate, even if you can trust the actual numbers. And what are the holes even? Remember when we had our, our last downturn, I think the, the Fed and the Treasury had figured out that they had bailed out the banks. And just when they were starting to breathe easy, someone tapped them on the shoulder and told them that AIG was about to go bust. So it started, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And so that, that would be a question also as to how big is it? What are the systemically important institutions or politically connected institutions that are going to be under that umbrella of getting bailed out. 
Another question is, where will the money come from? Will it come from the People's Bank of China or will it come from somewhere else? How much money is even available? And lastly, and certainly not least, is the politics of it. Remember here, when our, our markets were getting crushed, they brought a vote, they, they brought a bill to be voted on and it got voted down. The market went down 10% immediately. All politicians came back the next day and voted it through. The point is, we couldn't even predict what our politicians and policymakers were going to do. How could we possibly try and do this in China? And in conclusion, I want to make a broader point. China and the U.S. are interdependent. Sometimes people are talking about China owns a trillion dollars in debt. Maybe they can weaponize that to blow up our credit markets. But a U.S. recession is very bad for China. Okay, we buy all their goods. They are going to face increased unemployment if they were to blow up our economy. Okay, and on the other hand, we can analyze a trade war. I've done some of this and even determined that China is losing at the moment, at least. But I think the fact is that even if that's a correct assessment, if it doesn't leave China to cave and agree to our terms, but instead tips them into an economic crisis and a banking crisis, then that's bad for us too. So we have a real interdependency between us and China. Thanks for watching. Please let me know what you think and don't forget to subscribe.